Salutan from BA. This is Rorschach's multilateral update from the 27th of February 2024, a summary of what's going down in the world's major multilateral institutions. On Wednesday the 21st, the U.S. faced criticism for its opposition to an immediate ceasefire in Gaza during a meeting of the chief diplomats from the world's 20 largest economies. Brazilian Foreign Minister Mauro Vieira, the host of the Group of 20 gathering, expressed concern over the paralysis at the United Nations Security Council, where the U.S. vetoed a resolution for an immediate ceasefire. There was global disapproval, with Australia urging Israel to avoid further devastation and South Africa accusing world leaders of allowing impunity in Gaza. The incident is possibly a highlight of the shift in global perceptions of U.S. influence. Moving on to nuclear power affairs, according to a report by the International Atomic Energy Agency, or IAEA, Iran has increased its total stockpile of uranium, reaching over 5,000 kilograms. The quarterly report also stated that the country barred several experienced inspectors and made no progress in explaining man-made uranium particles found at two locations. The report estimated that Iran has over 120 kilograms of uranium enriched up to 60% purity, a decrease from the previous report as some of the 60% enriched uranium was diluted. Iran's failure to cooperate with the IAEA raises concerns about its nuclear program. Turning to NATO on Monday the 26th, Hungary's parliament voted to ratify Sweden's membership to the alliance, ending over 18 months of delays. The vote, with 188 in favor and six against, follows efforts to convince Hungary's government to lift its block on Sweden's entry. Sweden applied for NATO membership in response to Russia's invasion of Ukraine. Hungary was the last NATO member to give approval, with unanimous support required. Prime Minister Viktor Orban criticized external pressures but acknowledged that Sweden's NATO accession strengthens Hungary's security. The approval paves the way for the second NATO expansion in a year after both Sweden and Finland applied in 2022. Back to the Middle East, a group of more than two dozen UN human rights experts has called for countries to halt the export of arms to Israel citing concerns that such transfers could violate international humanitarian law. The experts, part of the UN Human Rights Council, emphasized the need for an arms embargo on Israel, particularly in light of the International Court of Justice preliminary ruling that identified a plausible risk of genocide in Gaza. They urged countries to prevent the supply of weapons and ammunition that might be used in Gaza, emphasizing the potential complicity in atrocity crimes associated with such arms sales. In another major war zone, the Group of Seven, or G7, major democracies have pledged continued support for Ukraine on the second anniversary of Russia's invasion on the 24th of February. The leader of the G7 held a video conference with Volodymyr Zelensky, Ukraine's president, expressing solidarity and vowing to stand by Ukraine for as long as needed. They also committed to continuing to send military and financial aid 
and maintain sanctions on Russia's revenue sources. Giorgia Meloni, Italy's Prime Minister and its Canadian counterpart, Justin Trudeau, visited Kiev, signing defense pacts and offering financial and military support. Ukrainians commemorated the anniversary with services while fighting continued on the Eastern Front. Shifting to Europe, around 900 tractors brought Brussels' European quarter to a halt on Monday the 27th as farmers protested against what they perceive as excessive EU environmental regulations and cheap imports. The protest's goal was to draw attention to the challenges farmers face, including stringent green regulations and bureaucratic demands. Farmers from Spain, Portugal, Italy and Belgium participated, expressing their dissatisfaction with the European Union's Common Agricultural Policy, or CAP. Even though the EU agriculture ministers discussed proposals to simplify the CAP, farmers felt that the measures were insufficient. The ongoing farmer protests in Europe have raised concerns among EU leaders ahead of the upcoming European elections. Moving to West Africa, the Economic Community of West African States, or ECOWAS, has lifted travel, commercial and economic sanctions imposed on Burkina Faso, Mali and Niger, which are ruled by military juntas. Omar Aliou Touré, ECOWAS's commission president, announced the decision after a meeting in Nigeria's capital, Abuja, on Saturday the 24th. The sanctions were imposed in 2023, 2022 and 2021. The measures included freezing Niger's assets in ECOWAS central banks and suspending financial transactions between ECOWAS states and Niger. However, individual and political sanctions remain in place in Niger and other countries. The move comes amid ongoing concerns about political stability in the region. On international trade, according to some French and German MPs, the conclusion of the EU-Mercosur Free Trade Agreement before the European elections in June appears highly unlikely. The latest round of negotiations in February failed to reach an agreement with rules on reciprocity in environmental and social standards being a major sticking point. France has refused to sign the deal unless mirror clauses are in place to ensure that Mercosur countries commit to environmental standards similar to the EU's. Concluding on economic shifts, the BRICS alliance, comprising India, Russia, Brazil, China and South Africa, is actively exploring the creation of a common unit of account as an alternative to the US dollar, aiming to reduce dependency and promote local currencies in international trade. Anton Silvanov, Russia's finance minister, emphasized that it's not about a single currency but establishing a new standard. The initiative reflects a desire for economic independence and stability within the alliance. The upcoming 16th BRICS summit in October is seen as a crucial moment for potential policy adoption, challenging the US dollar's dominance and reshaping the global economic order. This shift could profoundly impact the US economy, affecting interest rates and deficit financing, while offering the rest of the world increased flexibility in trade and finance, reducing exposure to dollar fluctuations. 
Turning to other legal development, Julian Assange, the founder of WikiLeaks, recently had his application to appeal his extradition to the United States heard in London's Royal Courts of Justice. The extradition case has been ongoing for four years, and Assange, an Australian citizen, faces 17 charges under the Espionage Act and one for computer hacking. The potential sentence, if convicted, is 175 years in prison. Assange's ill health, which recently led to a broken rib during a coughing fit, prevented his direct participation in the hearing. The legal battle revolves around the UK-US 2003 extradition treaty, with concerns raised about the possibility of Assange facing the death penalty if extradited. The judges are expected to announce their decision in a couple of weeks. Meanwhile, Australian Prime Minister Anthony Albanese's recent vote in favor of a parliamentary motion calling for Assange's return to Australia adds a political dimension to the case. Finally, addressing a humanitarian issue, the United Nations World Food Programme, or WFP, reported that at least 25 million people in Sudan are grappling with hunger and malnutrition amid the ongoing situation creating the world's largest displacement crisis. The conflict, which has lasted almost a year, has forced thousands of families to flee across borders into neighboring Chad and South Sudan each week. The WFP disclosed that hunger and acute malnutrition have sharply increased in Sudan, with 18 million acutely food-insecure people within the country and 3.8 million Sudanese children under five years old suffering from malnutrition. The agency emphasized the urgent need for humanitarian assistance, stating a funding gap of almost $300 million for the next six months. And that's it for this week. But wait, there's something important we need to tell you. We will take a break for a few weeks. We are very, very sorry about that. Please stay subscribed and we will be back soon. Meanwhile, you can check out our other shows. Our latest ones are the Arctic Update about the area north of the Arctic Circle and the Ocean Update about the 70% of the Earth covered in salt water. The other ones are all country updates. We have a selection of countries from Africa, Asia, South America and Europe. Check Rorschach.com slash updates to see the full list. We left the link in the show notes as well. See you soon.